Welcome to Music She Missed, the podcast where I try to get my best friend caught up with some of the most popular songs and artists that impact our lives. I'm Allison. Hi, I'm Rachel and I missed all the music. Rachel, we are here to kick off season six. Here we go. Season six, an even number. How do you feel? I'm excited. I can't believe we've gotten this far. (laughs) Yeah, I would have thought after the bonus episode last season, you would have given up on us. Yeah, Um, I've I've thrown some people out the window. (laughs) Well, um, I'm very excited about this season. Yeah. And, you know, for any new listeners that are coming in for the very first time in this show, you are introduced to music everybody else has heard. Mm-hmm. And um, then you report on it. Yeah. I apparently missed the music when it first came out in all music, pretty much. And so this is Allison, my good dear friend, who I've known for over a decade, trying oh. to educate. Yeah, we're coming up on like two decades, pretty close. It's much okay. closer to two. Wow, we're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, just trying to get you caught up with the rest of the world. So as usual, I'd like to start our conversation this week by asking you a random question that seemingly has nothing to do with the music. Um, (laughs) We are currently recording in the month of October, 2020 and Halloween is on the way. Mm. And so my question for you is what's your favorite Halloween monster? Wow, that's hard. Because um, you like all of them or because you hate all of them? I'm not a biggest fan of monsters. Okay. Um, I never really dressed, I've never dressed up as something scary. Mm. Um, that's just not my thing. Um, but I would say the twins from The Shining. <laughs> wow, that is a surprise answer. Yeah. That's well, out of left field. I recently went to um, the Stanley Hotel where um, oh. The Shining of um, Stephen King actually based the book off of it. Yeah. And I had my daughter and my dog on the other end of the um, hallway posing <laughs> as the two twins. And so, I don't know. <laughs> we were dorky. We had nothing else to do that evening. And so, yeah, it was kind of creepy as we walked around the hotel in the dark um, yeah. after the sun went down. And there were a couple weird flashes of lights. And I really thought I was going to see those monster twins, like those twins that just have those, you know, lack of soul within their eye. Honestly, you've seen a ghost before. Wouldn't it surprise me if you saw those t- twins? Uh, so, Rachel, it's interesting that you say that because my favorite Halloween monster is the vampire especially on Saturdays and Sundays I really enjoy them what (laughs) that's not ringing any bells huh no no bells all right well let's do the big reveal we'll do a little drum roll here all right here we go it's vampire weekend that's the band's name Uh uh-huh Hmm. Never heard of them before. We just got done with the wrap-up of season five. 
Yeah. With the zombies. Why are you <laughs> doing vampires now? Well, here's the thing. First of all, Vampire Weekend is probably my favorite modern band. Like, of this century. What? <laughs> yes. I what? have bought all their albums. I love what? them. Yes. <laughs> and I have a feeling, because you've never, ever heard of them before that Never. you probably won't recognize any of these titles no i won't i promise <laughs> um the only one that i think you might have heard before is a song called holiday that i think has been co-opted into christmas commercials holiday oh holiday and the best time of the year yeah i nope. don't watch tv so i well you never know. It could have just appeared in some weird way through television. No. Okay. All uh, right. This week I'm listening to one hour of Vampire Weekend. Yes. And you're and uh, I I really I'm I'm dead serious that I'm starting you off with one of my favorite bands. And really? and I'm not gonna be teaching you about this band alone. We oh, have cool. a special guest coming to help me. And this special guest is actually the person who introduced me to this band um, 12 years ago. Oh, so this band's not like new within the last five minutes. No. <laughs> and but our special guest is our friend and producer, Aaron. Oh, that's awesome. I love Aaron. He's awesome. I know. I know. So we're starting off the season strong with one of my favorite bands, one of our favorite guests, and apparently not your favorite monster movie monster, but that's okay. That's okay. I, I, I can see how that I'm going to give it a shot. Before we go, just to check on a scale of one to 10, where would you rate your current familiarity with the band Vampire Weekend? That would be a big zero. That is not a choice. Six okay, seasons and in. One. Okay. <laughs> a number one. I would probably agree with you, though I can't imagine you have not heard this, you know, in my car at some point. But uh, I've made a great playlist of Vampire Weekend songs for you. And uh, you listen to it every day for a week and we'll come back together and we'll talk about your experience with our friend Aaron. All right, let's do it. Audience, if you want to listen to the playlist, you can check it out by going to Spotify colon user colon music she missed. Rachel, see you in a week. Audience will be back with you in just a moment. All right, here we go. Welcome back. Rachel, you spent the last week listening to one of my favorite bands ever, Vampire Weekend. But before we talk about them, we need to welcome our frequent guest host and producer, Aaron. Hello. Hey, Aaron. Thanks for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure, as always. Nice to see y'all on the internet. <laughs> Uh, Rachel, the reason that Aaron is um, guest hosting this episode is because he is the reason that I know who Vampire Weekend is. Wow, cool. 
I can't take that much credit. You eventually would have found out about them. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I learn a lot about music on this show called Music She Missed. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why, that's what friends are for, right? Is to bring exactly. things that they think you'll like into your life. So I want to know if I brought something that you like into your life. How was your week? It was good. Um, to be honest, I am not sure if I like them or not. Uh, okay. I, know. I have listened all week, but I think part B's recording with all of this is going to help me make that decision. And sure. so I'm going to allow you to help me on that one. But I honestly am not sure if I like them or not. Well, you know, it's not my job to try to convince you to like something. You can just decide how you feel about it when you listen to it, but it's definitely my job to help you learn about them. So Erin, why don't we jump in with some Vampire Weekend? Rachel, did you have a question to start off about the band? Sure. Where did they get their name? They made a movie. They were in a little movie that never came out called Vampire Weekend that they made on vacation. They, uh, it was a movie about vampires uh, invading Cape Cod. That Aww. explains so much. Doesn't it? He played a man named Walcott, which is referenced in one of their songs. That explains so much. Aaron. A lot, yeah. I'm so excited to know that. Rachel, just so you know who we're talking about, Vampire Weekend was originally four guys who were all college friends from Columbia University. Well, I figured that they were from um, there. I initially thought they were from California for some reason, but then I was like, wait a second, forget that answer. And I went back to the, there's so much of Massachusetts that's being referenced, so mm-hmm. much of New York City that's being referenced. Mm-hmm. So. Like they even bluntly say the Hudson River in one of them. Yes. There's actually a couple songs about the Hudson. Not all of them made it onto your playlist. I get why you would have said California though, especially Father the Bride has a bit of a Western feel to it. I feel like. And it's upbeat. True enough. It is upbeat. It's a little bit sunshinier in the sound, Mm -hmm. but not in the lyrics. Correct. That's why I like them so much. Um, Rachel, what other questions did you have? Who is Dana Young? Diana Young. Diane Young? Yeah. They um, reference reference a lot. There's a lot of descriptive words and throughout their lyrics. I feel like their lyrics really don't match up their beat and also match up a lot of some of, a lot of their sounds. Um, There's a few things when they kind of do some little bit of African music that mm-hmm. kind of works in where I do like seeing that um, mashup kind of deal but um, are all of their songs just inspirations from their college years and specifically during their undergrad time period of their life that was a lot of different questions and things you brought up just then so why don't we start by talking about the in the sounds that you hear the influence of you, you mentioned African beats, which is right on. They do draw mm-hmm. from a lot of different um, musical traditions and mm-hmm. add their own spin to it. Erin, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about that or if you want to jump into the 
kind of Columbia, the college thing that they're kind of. They're pulling from this error in their life where it's college and it's a lot about some of their relationships, some of their lifestyle. Like one of them is about them getting on the bus, trying to get back and forth, trying to figure out what kind of people they're meeting on the bus. And I'm like, okay, so we just rode the bus in this song. Interesting. Yeah. Aaron, do you want to address some of that? Wow. You really paid attention. I'm really impressed. You really picked up on a lot of stuff. You're leaving me with not as much to talk about because you really, <laughs> you really got so you're it. You're saying time. season six. I figured it out. We're done. We're done. With the we're show. done. Over. Season six. We're finished. Rachel gets it. <laughs> I get doesn't it. like it, but she gets it. I don't like it, but I, I get it. <laughs> Why don't you just tell us uh, more about them? No, get out. So yeah, but no, you're right. Like uh, that first album in particular seems to be inspired by their time at um, Columbia. Uh, it seems to be referencing the, the movie they did on vacation while they were going to college. Uh, they, you know, the, the world music influence is obviously there. They seem to be melding their love of uh, punk rock and African music and stuff. And that's straight out of the Wikipedia that I'm reading to you, basically. Another thing, though, is that people liked to, when they were new, kind of point to them and say, oh, this is like rich kid, rich white kid Columbia music, right? But um, it's almost something that they're satirizing a little bit, poking fun of than they mm-hmm. actually are embodying. So um, yes. they are, most of them actually come from more humble, I guess, for Columbia <laughs> backgrounds. And um, a lot of the vibe that people um, sometimes like disliked about them is, some, is like an intentional choice. And each album changes in tone as they, the first album definitely is the collegiest of all of them. And as they move forward through each album, their topics and focus changes to grow with them as adults. And you'll see a very different story and focus in life on Father of the Bride, for example, or Modern Vampires of the City than you do in their first album. Their first album, like Oxford comma, and how they're like, this is bullcrap. This is dumb. We don't <laughs> need this. And I really wish they didn't use a swear word because I would have liked to show this song to my kid. It's a fun As one. In, you know, it is a fun one. It has a great beat. Um, and they're very talented as musicians. But um, I wish they didn't have the um, swear word through that. But that not. I wanted to show my kid that not everything in life is that important. And it's okay to just put a comma there and not put a comma there. But if you don't put a comma there, you might be like writing a sentence and, you know, making scrambled eggs with grandma, but then you might be scrambling the eggs with grandma as in scrambling grandma in the eggs. I want to say I am a strong proponent of the Oxford comma, but I still like that song. A lot. Aaron, why are you shaking your head? At me? <laughs> well, that's the whole point of the song is uh, that they they were kind of uh, clapping back against, uh, I don't know, like the 18th century intellectuals or whatever who were very, felt that was a very important thing. 
I can't help I'm an English teacher. <laughs> You're a prescriptivist. I am not a prescriptivist. I just enjoy the comma. I think it clarifies. I'm not judging. <laughs> I think it clarifies. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you, uh, Allison. Um, it does clarify and it does answer a lot of questions. Um, so but one of the things I definitely know about it. Let's talk about another song. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I definitely noticed as we're kind of proceeding forward with these songs, because I did, I was guessing that you guys put it in order for a reason. Um, and as I heard more of their songs, I was like, dude, they've got some great beats. They, I like them as musicians and especially as they're starting to bring in just some maybe of the cello and mm-hmm. um, the beats of the, the African and the harpsichord, exactly. And then, but their attitudes, and I was like, dude, it, I won't lie to you. This is the part where I'm just not sure if I like them or not. Is their attitude got annoying after a while? Where I was just like, stop complaining about everything. Specifically about the type of girls you're dating. If you don't like them, stop dating them. And if they're too, I don't know, if they're Louis Vuitton and jump like that, stop dating them. Thoughts, Aaron, on dating? That's an interesting pers- uh, point because he does, it does seem like they're uh, always a guy, like the speaker in a Vampire Weekend song always seems to be someone with strong opinions about everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, <laughs> very critical. I feel I think that's um, more the case in that first album, the first part of the playlist. Did you feel it was less so later on? Less so later on, um, specifically in A-Punk. Um, where he's talking about this um, chick and I'm like, yeah, no, no joke. She's driving slow. It's winter. It's New York city. It's freaking crazy as drivers there. Um, Why wouldn't you drive slow there? Stop complaining about her driving. I think it's amazing. You spent so much time listening to the lyrics because a punk used to be my ringtone. I've listened to that song. Like, wait, 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 a ringtone when we were roommates. No, not that long ago. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'll say. <laughs> the band really... <laughs> It's from 2008. Um, but I really, really love that song. And I don't know what it's about at all. I've, li- <laughs> I've listened to it hundreds of times. I don't listen to lyrics. So maybe, Aaron, you're the person to talk about the lyrical content of Dude, A-Punk. that song, A-Punk, is a very dark song. Like... Um, that cancer place that he references in New York, I think that's where my grandfather went for his initial treatment when he went through cancer. Because then he transferred his cancer treatment to Florida. It got really dark. And he's like, the rain, the raincoats are coming, almost like the, you know, the red coats are coming. And it's rain is like juriness. And I'm thinking Grey's Anatomy. Dude, it's that scene of when she's throwing the ring into the bay. Yeah, I heard that all in APOC. This is what I remember about that. Hey, 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 hey. (laughs) (laughs) That's the lyrical content that I got out of A-Punk. Was there a question in there about A-Punk? Other than she kind of married an old dude. And maybe he may have been halfway dead. Didn't you see the lily white hand? Well, that's not because he's old necessarily. That's an interesting interpretation. It's as valid as any. I like that you're thinking about these lyrics. They're always at the funeral. I love lilies. 
I actually had lilies at my wedding in my wedding bouquet and everyone was like, the florist was like, are you sure you want lilies? Those are usually done at um, funerals. As someone I'm like, no, bring on the lilies. As someone who is lily white, maybe he's just likes being indoors. Well, it's also <laughs> like a status thing, uh, right? Like a blue blood is a pale person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is my interpretation. Not that he's old, but that either he's sickly and that may be the reference to Sloan Kettering or he's, you know, cause their lyrics can be a bit vague. Uh, Ezra Koenig does, has gone on record saying he doesn't like um, lyrics that are too obvious. Mm. And uh, he likes you to work a little bit, which you're doing. That's very good. I'm interested in your interpretation here. I'm not sure. I feel that that is what they're saying, but I, I really like that you're thinking about it. I don't know. It. Doesn't he's that- getting sick and tar- tired of this New York chick and he's going to go to New Mexico, you know? He's going to well, that... go to some exotica, ex- exotic places. His honor drove southward. I wonder if mm-hmm. he's, that, I wonder if he's a, I don't know if that means he's a judge or what. Who knows? I would say he hired a prostitute. Wow. wow. Rachel. I said it, that song is dark. He's like really, you know, in my opinion, with he's got Vic- some old money and he's going to use his money to get some self-gratification. He has a, a mail order bride. <laughs> wow. Why do you give me this puzzled look, Aaron? I'm looking uh, for the thing about the mail order bride. I don't remember anything about a mail order bride. Down to the Pueblo huts of New Mexico. Yeah. Where's the mail order bride part? Uh, it says exotica, not erotica. <laughs> See here, here's one of the things about um, about vague lyrics is they can be a bit of an inkblot test. Mm-hmm. They can kind of, you know, you kind of put your own. Some of what you put into <laughs> lyrical interpretation is tells you about what a uh, person you're imagining more than what the artist is saying. What does this say about you, know. Rachel? <laughs> hmm. I think we should ask and um, ask our listeners. Hey, yes. Get onto our social media. Talk to us via Facebook and Twitter. Come on, bring on the answers. Is Rachel right in the interpretation on a punk? Is it a very dark song? I think uh, yes. Well, they, and they, you know what? if it is a very dark song, it'll just make me like it even more. But <laughs> I don't see it as that dark. Why don't we? Why don't we move on to the next album, which is Contra? Uh, it has songs like Holiday, Horchata, mm-hmm. California English, Run. What did you think about that little set? Horchata has a nice beat. Mm-hmm. I like its beat, but. Again, it's another dark song. It's about loving the fact that you're dying. Why are you giving me all these puzzled looks? <laughs> well, okay. I don't think we were prepared for uh, this level of uh, lyrical analysis. It's, I'm, I'm very <laughs> impressed, but I'm very puzzled. Let's see here. So generally speaking about the dark lyrics, like Alice and I both love a peppy beat with dark lyrics. That's my favorite mm. kind of music. The contrast is fun. That's where I'm very confused at liking this band because at first I was like, huh, Holiday, this is a great song. You know what? To go away on a summer's day, you know, 
But then he starts talking about bombs. Hmm. Oh, you and know, all the history oh. books are gray. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Oh. Let's let's talk about that. Okay. We were talking about horchata. I don't uh-huh. see anything about death in there, but we can talk about holiday. It's a vegetarian since the invasion. No, no, she- no, no, no. I didn't say death. I said dying. Okay. The act of dying. That's part of life, but a vegetarian since the invasion, she'd never seen the word bombs blown up to 96 point Futura. It's funny, this little part of this song, I used to argue about with an ex-boyfriend about what that part meant. And I just want to say that he was also an English teacher and we like went on and on and circled around this little verse forever and came to no conclusions. Well, there is a correct answer. Please tell Mm. us. Yes, Aaron. Yeah, that is about one of his family members who reacted to the invasion of Iraq by quitting meat. Not as any kind of protest, but as an uncontrollable reaction. They could no longer eat meat for some reason. So that's just a fun story that happened in this guy's life. Wow. Less dark. (laughs) Unless you live in Iraq. Dark, yeah. I think that's a that's a fun story. Yeah, sometimes you can't. That's why you can't always assume you know what the singer is talking about. You can usually just kind of make your best guess. A lot of the times, it's about stuff in their life. See, I always thought it was like a that the word bombs were like a billboard. That was my like interpretation. Like it was like giant words on a billboard. That is part of it. Part of it is they just have a. a being showing off how clever they are with the double meaning of bombs blown up. Mm-hmm. It clearly does it is talking about, I don't think 96 points would be very big on a billboard. <laughs> well, maybe this is why he and I argued about it so much. It would be a headline on a newspaper. That makes more sense. Bombs. It would be. And that's why I think Aaron's a little bit, uh, he's right. He, it's, it's about the war. It's about news headlines. And it's also used in commercials, specifically which uh, <laughs> which things again, <laughs> Aaron? Cars and clothes. Yeah, cars and clothes. A punk was in a lot of commercials too. You would you might have heard that at some point. So we're talking a lot about um, the the mu- the music itself, in part because this is still a current band that's coming out with new stuff. Right, we don't have a long history of legacy to look back on um, Mm. about their lives like we often do on this show. So I think this is interesting. It's taking kind of a different turn from our usual, uh, let's talk about the history of the person. Now let's talk about the music because for this band, they're kind of intertwined. Um, I wonder, Rachel, if you noticed a lot of religious themes in the songs. I did um, see some um, judo christian at the very beginning um, but then they're starting to venture into more of like hindu india things and um at least that's what i noticed there are definitely references to a lot of um places like for example in m79 they talk about the kyber pass right which is over there in pakistan Um, Mm -hmm. But I think, uh, so Ezra is the front man, I guess, 
film. Yeah. And um, he uh, he was raised Jewish, though I don't mm-hmm. think very religiously. Another um, former member of the band named um, Rostam, he is of Iranian descent. The other guys, I think one of the guys is maybe Catholic, like an Irish Catholic background. So one of the things I noticed about Vampire Weekend, their mm-hmm. songs are not that long. And I felt like there were a lot of songs in packed in one hour. And mm-hmm. so I was like listening to all of these songs and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa trying to keep track of oh this is this one that one that one that one um, i mean there's standard radio length as opposed um, cape cod um cape cod, casa um casa one mm-hmm. i would say that one had a little bit of irish it felt like it well there's definitely some world music influence there that one's the most obviously uh african one nigerian particularly um rachel do you have any songs that you want to talk about from modern vampires of the city i do want to give you um a fact about this album Uh, rolling stone magazine recently um as of 2020 came out with a new list of the 500 greatest albums of all time Mm-hmm. And this particular album by Vampire Weekend made the list. And that's from like across genres. So um, this album is really highly regarded um, and has a lot of like diversity in terms of the types of music. I tried to pick the upbeat ones for you because I thought that was kind of like your vibe. But um, the whole album is very good. Um and it's not just me that thinks though. So I guess is my my point about that. So I'm curious what you thought about some of those songs like Step, Unbelievers, Diane Young. So one of the things I noticed with Vampire Weekend um, is that I kind of got exhausted by the time I got to the Grey album of just how much he was saying in such a short amount of time period. But then he also had the beat going. And mm-hmm. so I like the beat. I'm enjoying the beat. I'm enjoying the music. But then, wow, he's saying a lot more than I thought he was saying in just one line. And so mm-hmm. the great album came along and then Unbelievers came about and it's like, all right, him and this chick. And I feel like they just need to make a decision. And I got frustrated with them at the, uh, for a while. So I'd turn them off and be like, oh, you guys aren't making a decision. I know you guys aren't going to make a decision by the end of the song. So- Wait. A decision about what? You need to cite some lyrics to explain your point of view. Okay, if I'm born again, I know the world would disagree. Want a little grace? Who's going to save a little grace for me? We know the fire awaits unbelievers, all of the sinners the same. Girl, you and I will die unbelievers, bound to the track of the train. Woo! Wait. It's like they've made up their minds to me. Yeah, me too. (laughs) No, I don't think they have. Well, Aaron, I know that this is one of Aaron's favorite songs. It's one of mine too. Um, Aaron, do you want to talk about this song a little bit? To me, this is a tiny sub, uh, one of the few songs in a tiny sub genre I call atheist love songs, which has only- (laughs) Two songs, (laughs) one's by Death Cab and this one. There's probably another one out there somewhere. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's only been around for like 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. Because before that, you probably couldn't get on the radio with it. I do. I have no idea what you're talking about when it comes to indecision. Yeah. Well, here, even at the beginning of the song, 
Mm-hmm. Got a little soul. The world is cold, cold, cold place to be. Want a little warmth, but who's going to save a little warmth for me? Where mm-hmm. again, he's pretty much saying the same thing, like I said before, where the world is cold and he wants a little warmth. Yeah, talking but to his all baby. he can do is just ask the question, who's going to save a little warmth for me? That's now, he does not say, he does not say, oh, I am going to step into the sunlight. Woo, the warmth on my face. It feels nice. Oh, so no, you're saying you're saying that the it's not about whether or not he's going to make a decision to be with this girl. You think that his decision is whether or not he's going to be religious. But mm-hmm. is that is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Where that he's kind of going back and forth. Nope. Nope. There's no back and forth. <laughs> no. <laughs> you're going to die unbelievers bound yeah. to the tracks of the train. Yeah, the decision the sun is goes down. It's going um, on down. The night is deep. Want a little light? But who's going to save a little light for me? Talk about his lady. For me, huh? He's talking about his lady. That's who's going to save some uh, some light for him, I think. It's like, who's got some sugar for me, baby? That kind of thing. But smarter. <laughs> like a smart person way to say that. <laughs> Again, he says, I'm not excited. But should I be? He's not excited because... Because he declares himself to be an unbeliever, it doesn't matter which religion you're talking about. Half of the world yeah. says, well, you are damned, right? And so he's saying, who has, a, who has grace for me? Like this religion doesn't, this religion doesn't, right? Because of who he is or what he believes or doesn't believe. And so he clings to this love instead of something that he doesn't have a connection to. Exactly. They're finding solace in each other instead of uh, organized religion. Exactly. I don't think this is probably making the case for Rachel to like uh, Vampire Weekend though, Aaron. No, but it is the truth. It is. That's what the song's about. It, it is a very complex song. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like he's trying to take a stand, but he's not standing anywhere. He's standing with his woman. That's what we're saying. He's standing on love. He's standing on the love that exists in the here and now between two people. What I'm saying is that there's all these lyrics in his songs, Mm -hmm. but this one doesn't go anywhere because there's complexity to it where I just, I wanted him to go somewhere with it. Well, you, you wanted like a story. Yes. That's fair. Okay. That's fair that you wanted that. And this is more of a statement. And a declaration of, uh, of love and a description of their love. Not every song is going to be a story, but I do like it when there, there are some. I, like, I, I do like a story in my lyrics as well. Just and not I, would, I would also say, if I can be like super um, analytical about it, this, it doesn't need to have a story because it's a song about a moment. It is a song about the here and now. It's not a song about the future eternal. So it doesn't need to be a story or have an end because it's about one. A snapshot. Yeah, a snapshot of a moment. That's a good way of putting it. Okay. Do we want to jump into more stuff like worship you or do we just want to say, let's move on. (laughs) Worship you is my favorite song. It's my favorite song on this album for sure. Did you have any comments on that, Rachel? Again, I think uh, Vampire Weekend did a lot of a lot of stuff in single lines. 
<laughs> That's what poetry is. Yeah, no, this and... is this is a good observation. It's very dense, very, very lyrically dense vampire weekend. Very more lyrically than a, dense. Yeah, more than but a lot of what a we, lot are... to me that's a strong point. One of the vampire weekend strong points is that we can we can talk about stuff like this with them. You know, more so than like who run the world, girls, who run the world, mm-hmm. girls. Who hey, that's a great song about women. <laughs> I'm saying it's bad. Women. I wouldn't say that um, Vampire Weekend was our first. I would say Weezer was in there too. Sure. Uh, even from unraveling um, that sweater of his. Yes. You know, he was he was saying a lot, and I would say he, um, Vampire Weekend in comparison to Weezer is something. And I think we did Weezer's season two. We did, but no one ever got to hear it because the recording disappeared. Yes, the unfortunate lost Dang. episode. I know you had a question earlier about who is Diane Young, and I know- I figured it out, but go ahead. No, you go ahead. She's associated with New York City. I can see that. Right, so the there's a little bit of a pun there. It's about uh, if Diane Young won't change your mind, Diane Young, Diane Young, you know, it's about dying young a little bit. Mm. And there is also like an anti-aging center in New York City, good guess, called the Diane Young Center. Ooh. So, yeah. ding, ding, bazinga. Ding, ding, ding. As we move to Father of the Bride, which is the last album, and actually it's a double album. And this is one of the drawbacks to doing a show where we only give you an hour of music is that we can't include everything. But... Father of the Bride is definitely thematically about life as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. Which includes birth and love and death, right? Mm -hmm. Where um, I really did enjoy the first album and the last album, more so than the center albums. What song did you really like in this final album? It's kind of hard to explain that there are some lyrics in Harmony Hall that I really enjoyed. Me too. Um, and so from, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. And the stone walls of Harmony Hall bear witness. Anybody with a worried mind can never forgive the sight of wicked snakes inside a place she thought were was dignified. I don't want to live like this. I don't want to die. I just posted that on my Facebook page the other day. (laughs) I noticed that um, a while ago, but that's not the reason why I posted it, uh, mentioned it here. Really? Nope. Uh, And then also Hold You Now was another one. Nice song too. Um, I like the collaboration on the last two songs as well. I thought that really brought in a different... Um, I could see the different ideas come in um, and I thought that was really cool that they collaborated collaborated like that. And a little fun fact about the guy uh, featured on Sunflower. He is a guitarist in a band called The Internet and uh, the first song he ever learned to play on the guitar was A-Punk. That's so cool. Right? (laughs) What I think is cool about this, Rachel, is that you get to see them grow up. The first Mm. album, they are college kids basically and like you've seen now it's I mean it's 12 years later right and I think that's something that's hard to remember here in 2020 is that 2008 
feels like not very long ago, but it's a long time ago. And their like maturity as musicians and songwriters and artists has grown. And so I wonder if maybe you were drawn to the youthfulness of the first one and the maturity of the latest one. I'm, I'm not sure why you prefer the bookends. I feel like in the last one, latest one, they kind of give a tribute back to their first. Um, There's a lot of experimenting in the center. Um, and I'm not sure if I like that part um, where I liked um, this, um, the two bookends, as you call it. You know, uh, I feel the same way about the bookends. Uh, you know, I sent Allison that first album one day when she was having a bad week and I really enjoyed it. And um, their next album lost me. Uh, I was like, was not interested in that album. The third album came out. I thought, oh, this is a bit better, but I don't like it as much as the first one. Uh, by the time the fourth one came out, I wasn't interested at all. I, I barely paid any attention. But then when Allison uh, put this, this playlist together, I started listening to Father of the Bride. I was like, oh, wait, this is really good. I yeah. really like this a lot. So yeah, I'm with you. I like the bookends, the bookend albums. I like all of it, though I think Contra is the weakest album. I think they're all good. They're all different. And they show their development. Um Contra. Up, up, down, down, left, right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> start for all your extra mans. Rachel, do you have any questions for me or Aaron, either about the band or about our feelings or thoughts about the band? Yeah, I think you answered a lot of questions. I think we talked a lot of, about the lyrics. Um, I what think your... uh, they're very talented uh, musicians in many different ways. And I like how they wrote and did their own music. I think a lot of times um, I don't give enough credit to musicians who um, do their own stuff. And I think um, I should, so. What was your least favorite song on the list and your most favorite song on the list? I like I Stand Corrected. And then probably least favorite one. Are you about mm. to stand believers and crush me in it? <laughs> <laughs> No, that wasn't actually my um, least favorite. I would say, um, honestly, I would say the first song. Hmm. The Mansard Roof. Um, I don't know why. If it may be because I heard it so many times. And after I heard the beat and I enjoyed the beat. I loved the beat and I liked the song at first. And then I started, hmm. That's actually one of my favorites because that's how that album opens. And it grabbed me when Aaron sent me the album. He sent it to me like digitally, mm -hmm. right? So when I opened it and I clicked that first track and I heard those, those strings, um, I just, I was hooked. And I have been listening to them continuously <laughs> for the past 12 years. Um, if I ever get the chance, I want to see them in concert. They're definitely like, my favorite recent-ish band. And to me, like Mansard Roof kind of sets like a super fun tone that has kind of like stayed with me with them. And see, this is the weird thing is I like them at first and I've said that yeah. and I still do, but I don't like the song. No, that's fine. I was just, I was sharing my own personal experience about it. No, no, you're all good. You know, I have a similar feelings about A-Punk 
because I mm. used to have a uh, car stereo that would default to the first song in my uh, music library alphabetically. My car does the same <laughs> thing. I hear APUG every time I turn on my car. And so I'm That's now so funny. sick of it. Between that and all the commercials it was in and all the movie trailers, I'm like, I loved the song at one point, And now, because it's the first in the alphabet, I'm sick of it. That's over 12 years Just though. be glad it's not in a, um, just be glad it's not who let the dogs out. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Hey, who let the dogs out could have been the title of that song. Hey. And then we'd be in trouble. <laughs> yes, we all would be. <laughs> All right, Rachel. Well, gosh, are we going to rate this band? We are. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, on a scale of one to 10, one being I stand corrected, I thought you would like this band and I was wrong, <laughs> and to 10, 10 being uh, worship you, Ezra. Where would you rate the listenability of Vampire Weekend? I would say a 4.5. Oh, good night. Oh, well. Wow, that is harsh. <laughs> you liked them less than Millie Vanilli? <laughs> oh, wait a second. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. So I want to let you know we are starting season six separate from the rest wait what uh, i am looking at season six differently now because i feel like i've grown in my experience of music where mm-hmm. i feel like i can take some time picking things apart and i've got permission to do that and so i feel like this next season i'm gonna give a little bit more of my opinion oh. than i might have done all right we love to hear that you know i I want to challenge you season six bring it on we'll see how it goes though yeah well well, i am very impressed with how much thought you put into the lyrics in this episode yes i hope there's i thought the lyrics might be the downfall yeah i could see that i guess i should have said rachel don't pay attention to the lyrics (laughs) have a good time listen to this fun band but they're african beats that's what i should and i was uh, I'm that a little, was hollow notes <laughs> that's the angel on your shoulder and i'm the devil on your shoulder listen to the lyrics google the, the lyrics. lyrics talk about the architecture <laughs> of the new england area <laughs> <laughs> all right feel sorry for our guests this season i had a good time i had a good time too because i got to listen to vampire weekend all week (laughs) if you our audience would like to follow along with rachel's journey and be as frustrated as i am you can (laughs) like us on facebook and twitter subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and hear this playlist and all the playlists by searching on spotify for spotify colon user colon music she missed Thanks so much for listening. Thank you, Aaron, for being here. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
I'm so mad. 